Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This week, Danny and Dusty think everything's super. Oh, it's huge. It was an absolute youth. This is Danny and Dusty on Super Week. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. Uncle Uncle burning crap. Big butts back. The Fan. Good afternoon! Happy Tuesday, everybody. Danny and Dusty with you live on The Fan, the Odyssey app, youtube.com slash 1080amthefan, twitch.com slash 1080amthefan, or 1080thefan.com, and 99.5hd2 everywhere. Hmm. Gosh, this list is getting long. It is, and across all of those things, big butts matter. Big butts do matter. People should respect the big booties. People movers. I like mm-hmm. big butts, and I cannot lie. You're right. I can't deny. Yeah. He can't deny yeah, either. Yeah. No, no. I, I, not only can I not deny it, I will. I will affirm wholeheartedly. <clears throat> I, I like. I, I like a big posterior. Mm. It's good. Uh, quick R.I.P. Toby Keith. Mm. Uh, Toby Keith died. Cancer. Yeah. Sixty-two. Yeah, man. Somehow thought he was younger and older at the same time. Again, the ages right now are really messing me up. Yeah, that's what happens when we get old, right? Yeah. Like he is still like permanently in my head, like forty four. Hmm. Because my God, I can't tell you a Toby Keith song, but if I hear it, I'll be like, "That's Toby Keith." Yeah, that's that's for sure. I had to ask for a little help in uh, procuring today's playlist. Yeah. Toby Keith had some bangers back in the day. Yeah. Look, man, he voiced the uh, soundtrack to uh, the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. He really, so... he really did. Yeah, no, I heard up I... to you, courtesy. Yeah, of the red, white, and blue. Look, I saw a lot of um, montage videos mm. of uh, warfare. Once heard him uh, drop an f bomb at a Pac-12 ref. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering who it was directed towards. Probably deserved. <laughs> well, he was on he was on the sidelines for Oregon, Oklahoma, back in was it two thousand six? Oh, a game that went totally normal. Yeah, that game was it was no, hilarious. No controversy. It was my last. <laughs> it was my last uh, thing that I did as a fan intern. Travis Demers and I went down for Oregon, Oklahoma, and uh, when we were on the sidelines at the end of that game, Travis gave me the okay. There's like a. Two, two minutes ago, he's like, I'm going to take the Oklahoma locker room. You take the Oregon locker room. I was, okay, whatever. I don't care. 
onside kick happens. Oregon scores. He goes, you're taking the Oklahoma locker room. <laughs> I'm taking the Oregon locker room. I was like, <laughs> okay. But on that onside kick, I heard the great Toby Keith drop an F-bomb at the Pac-12 officials because he was right. <laughs> he was right uh, when they popped out of that pile with the ball and they're like, nah, Oregon's ball. <laughs> That was a doozy of that, Pac-12 that referee. Was the, uh, that might have been the genesis of the current era crappy Pac-12 refs. Mm. It was. De- I don't know if it was the genesis, but it was, it was part of the the, the big cluster the, of people noticing stages. Pac-12 refs. Yeah, that was a bad one. That was really bad. That one might still be the worst. Uh, no, 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 no. Quite literally. A Pac-12 executive calling the officials to tell them to overturn Ooh. the USC Washington State. Uh. That was the worst that mm. could possibly happen. Mm. Because even when the officials got it wrong, we're going to get it right. Mm. They said, no, let's still screw this up. Mm-hmm. That was the ultimate screwing over of a, of a football team by Pac-12 yeah. officials. Yeah, okay. <laughs> because they got it wrong, got it right, and then still found a way to get it wrong. Which is impressive. <laughs> that really is impressive. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, this text, RIP Pac-12 refs. Maybe that's the third death in the death of threes that we're talking about here. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe that's oh. it. Yeah, I'd say gone too soon, but, well. Nah, right on time. <laughs> Those Pac-12 refs have to go somewhere, folks. And not all of them were bad at the end. Pac-12 officiating really wasn't the... If you took a gander at what was that, Big Ten wasn't great this year. No, there the ACC gaps. was really bad. The SEC What's is... What's Glasses ref, ref up to these days? I don't know. I feel like he's probably a good guy. Sure, just a terrible official. He just became the meme. Yeah. He became the... I don't well, even think he was the worst Pac-12 ref. Well, he may not have been. But he was at the center of a lot of very bad calls. And he, like notoriously awful. It was right when memes started becoming a yeah. thing. So you would put the you know, the everybody yells, get some glasses, ref. Well, we quite literally there was a glasses ref. And it was way too easy just to put his picture right up on the on the old uh Twitter or Facebook or Instagram there, and he became the whipping boy for Pac twelve officiating. There's actually a Twitter account it's that's not a good at Glasses Ref. Yeah, at Glasses Ref was it, was, it was a tough time. That's when you know you've made it. Got it, your own parody account. You got your own meme. <laughs> and look, this this fits with the, the deaths that we have gone through. Because remember, Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger, the 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 black arm, white arm, yes, and, coming together shaking hands. That was Carl Weathers' arm. The, mm-hmm. the, the massive black arm is Carl yes. Weathers' arm. Arnold is the other one. Mm-hmm. And, like, those are, ugh, meme, also meme, glasses ref, Ooh. both R.I.P., well, both well, R.I.P. Glass, glasses ref might, might still be alive, but. I don't know if Toby Keith had any memes out there. I would say, I thought you were going to say he didn't know if he was alive. I'm like, nope, super dead now. No, he's not alive, yeah. but uh, R.I.P. to Toby Keith. And so today... We will have we will Toby, Toby Keith, Keith bump back music, yes, as procured by one Jeff Russ, who noted country went, music fan, went yeah. through the entire catalog. I will. I'll say this here. I'll say this here. Jeff sent me a text this morning, and <laughs> it was it was a text that you would get from a yacht rock guy. <laughs> I'm no country music fan, 
but I think we should do a Toby Keith playlist today. If you can think of any of them, let me know any of his songs that should definitely be included. Yeah. I solicited advice from both you and my wife. And it was pretty easy for me. Yeah. It was pretty easy for me because he's got he's got some bangers in there. Yeah. See, he, like I couldn't come up with any songs off the top of my head, but once I saw those and like listened to them, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I know that. Yeah. 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 Like, who doesn't love it? How do you like me now? Oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's great. R.I.P. Toby Keith. Uh, who was a nice guy from uh, what I remember in 2006? Pacto officials probably have a different uh, <laughs> different, different version of that. that. Well, the but, Dixie Chicks probably have a different version of it, too, but we don't need to go down them, that road. Did he? What What happened oh, with they had the a bit Dixie of a Chicks? Oh, did they? Yes. Was he was a big Oklahoma Based fan. on political leanings and such yeah but didn't they also just step in it they kind of did like they kind of did like they disappeared off the face of the planet and to be fair too at one point toby keith is like he's like hey i've had enough of this crap he's like we don't need to make not everything needs to be about politics he's like i'm done with this we don't need to keep this feud going yeah he's got a whole political beliefs wiki section here yes he does i noticed that this morning wow yeah well um, well, you know, not everything is black and white. There's lots of shades of gray in between, and I think he's one of those shades of gray. Yeah, yeah. Boy, there's a. It's a long. It may be his second longest entry on his Wikipedia. Is his political beliefs? It, they went in depth. <laughs> they went in depth. And the feud with the Dixie Chicks is on. Is on there. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Huh. How bad do you have to screw up as the Dixie Chicks to be as successful as they were? To basically just fall off the face of the planet. I don't think they have. No, they did. I They're mean, just the chicks. They had the resurgence just well, a couple know, of years ago. But I mean, they were they were sitting on high. And I, I, and, 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 they, and they messed up. I feel like their music not being as good also had I a big... I thought that's ever stopped big, anybody. I think that had a big... Come on. Creed. <laughs> Bringing that Wow. Back. Yeah, exactly. Wow. But uh, yeah, they, they really did. They... they they fell off the face of the planet. Yeah. But I think you should when your music stops being good or sounding <laughs> good. any different than any other songs that you put out there. So, uh, Toby Keith, dead at 61. Two. Two. Oh, born in 61. Yeah. Dead at 62. Yes. Uh, we will remember uh, Toby Keith today. Mm. Hmm. Mm. All right. My wife just texted me, too. She's like, don't you go talking S about Toby. I don't yeah. think I was no, people talking love, to us. I was, you know. People love. I was just being honest. I, I, would, I would imagine that people have strong feelings one way or the other about Toby Keith. I don't yeah. think he's somebody you're really ambivalent about. Well, except when I'll raise my hand here. Well, I mean, but, you know. if you know, like, who he is. <laughs> right, exactly. You know I mean? So. Well, I think we can appreciate the music. I think we can just mm-hmm. appreciate somebody's music. Yeah. Sure. I think that's okay. I, uh, uh, now that's how I get around my Ted I was Nugent say, thing. So about R. Kelly, See, Ted New- I, R-, R. Kelly remix to Ignition, another snort. I didn't play that. that, that no, was, that, that was natural. that was that was a real live. That one. was a real live one. <laughs> R. Kelly remix to Ignition is a good song. And look, the catalog is full of bangers, but you feel a little guilty every time it comes on. <laughs> but Dave Chappelle <laughs> let us all know. When he did the Chappelle show, mm-hmm. just exposed R. Kelly. Like, yes. he did the... He did it before the documentary. Remix and I'm Wizen. This yeah. was, like, in 2004. Yes. He was like, this dude is weird even for Hollywood mm-hmm. standards. 
And he made fun of him on the Chappelle show. We all found out about it way later. Like, there were the warning signs that were there. The music was good. See, and Michael Jackson, nobody is like, Michael Jackson was a creepy weirdo. Yeah. Who stood trial, by the way. Like, he would have been canceled now. But but everybody's like, Michael Jackson's music's so good. We let that one go. We can't pick and choose, though, can we? we? Sure, we can. (laughs) People do. Can we just appreciate the music and be like, ah, qualifier. Bad dude. Horrible dude. Look, Kanye's first two albums. Why'd they get a pass for me? Kanye's Kanye still puts out de- actually not still Con- up until up until COVID line? Kanye put out some great music still and then I don't know what Con- Kanye has become yeah. like a uh, what is that the the art where the like the where people will go and just watch somebody like sleep um there's a there's a word for it that text Danny's house help. no no it's art <laughs> it's art. <laughs> <sighs> it's a peephole. <laughs> oh dear lord. The Bates Motel. <laughs> oh dear lord. Oh dear lord. <laughs> What's that blinking red light in the teddy bear's <laughs> eye? <laughs> I got your kid a stuffed animal. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Feels a little heavy. Uh yeah. But that's what Kanye's turned into. Mm. He looks like a Batman villain. Did you see the picture of him and his wife that TMZ posted it this morning? I saw it. I was like, this dude looks like a Batman villain. He was wearing like a uh, like a burlap sack that was eight sizes like too big. And then he was wearing just this black mask. And his wife was wearing nothing but a clear poncho. It was the weirdest damn thing. Is it, this is Kanye? Kanye. Well, yeah, he's got his Kim Kardashian knockoff. Wife. Yeah. That is that's a weird thing too, like you divorce Kim and then you're just like you know what I'm gonna find somebody who wanted to look just like her. I'm gonna go find your doppelganger, but isn't famous or rich. That way I can do and say whatever the hell I want. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. So we're oh the Dixie chicks got blackballed. That's why you don't hear from them anymore. Oh, she like you sure. weren't kidding. She's like actually wearing a trash bag. That's what I yeah yeah and, no well, I didn't I didn't think you were like. No, she wore nothing except for a see-through poncho, and Kanye wore a burlap sack with a red, like a burlap poncho with just this black mask so you can't see his face. Yeah. There's some things going on there. Danny, Danny is speechless for the first time ever. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the moto boots for me. I don't know what he, that means. He can t- the, the like the oh dirt. those big puffy boots. He wears these things everywhere. Yeah, and I don't. I'd like. Yeah, I don't know the the whole the Kanye West thing. Music. I still appreciate the music. Super weird now. There's so much. I couldn't. Super I weird couldn't now. tell you. That I could have a Kanye West song come and sit on my face right now, and I couldn't tell you it was Kanye West. We're going to need to do some editing with that, yeah. but that can be very... Like, when we talk about getting canceled, that could be <laughs> yeah, the one that that's, ends up... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one quick edit away <laughs> from Jeff Rust. We own you now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want There's, there's a that. nice little blank like, spot right there before. Come, we, can come sit on yeah, my face. We we own you, and this is... Them's the rules. <laughs> that's it. I'm going to edit Toby Keith over the front of that. Yeah. <laughs> Great text on the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. 
How did Willie Nelson outlive Toby Keith? Well, Willie Nelson, 90 years yeah, old. Willie yeah. and uh, uh, Keith Richards. Like yeah. the, the the amount of drugs in their system. Well, Keith Richards, I'm, his just has to be a deal with the devil. I'm not sure Willie went that far. Ah, Willie had to deal with his dealer. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that I think that is unbreakable weed right bond. Mm-hmm. Uh. See, and that's going to be the thing is that like Snoop's probably going to live to 92, and we're all going to be like, wait, so the two biggest potheads ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> like like Tommy Chong, still kicking, still doing really well. Cheech too. Cheech Cheeches. Yeah. Cheech had a second act where, you know, he started doing, like, the family family spinoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he went full Ice Cube on us. Like, I think Ice Cube maybe ripped off Cheech and was like, you know what? I can change my entire image, and nobody's going to say a damn thing about it, and I can go into be... Snoop's out here coaching high school kids after being on trial for murder. But uh, he's giving back to the community, you know? I mean, and this is what we talk about all the time. How many kids are playing in the Super Bowl that Snoop coached? I don't know that number this year. I'm assuming at least one played in the Snoop Youth Football League. I mean, it's it's not small. All right. Well, there we go. That's all over the place. That was a hell of a thing. And that's how we got to Toby Keith. Yeah. Toby Keith. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. 62 years old. Snoop deal double Keith. Toby Keith Covell? Covell? What'd you say? Toby you Keith. Keith is actually his middle name. Oh. His last name. C-O-V-E-L is his last name. So I'm Covel, Covel. 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 Toby Keith sounds way better. Yeah, way right? better. Good yeah. choice. Way better. Great, great move by that manager. Be like, I have an idea. Yeah. I think any country singer, though, it probably works better with just your first and middle name. Well, except then everybody, their last name would be Lee. <laughs> You take that back. No. You take that back. <laughs> Speaking of Lee's, uh, I saw one of the great tweets today. I had to retweet it. Uh, there was a Twitter follower that said, or a Twitter uh, man, Josh Chavis said, holy S, been trying to figure out who Brock Purdy looks like for the last two years. And it's <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. And with side-by-side pictures. Yeah, it's, it's whoa. But it gets even better. George Cush, <laughs> great name. <laughs> He said, just a couple of guys who couldn't possibly have done it alone. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> too, too soon? <laughs> but also, the resemblance is It's uncanny. striking. It is striking how much Brock Purdy looks like Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean, I, I will say, um, you know, accuracy. Accuracy. You know? Matters. Looks like him. No, Doppelgangers no, are a thing. No, I'm an actor. Oh, wow. Okay. Come on, man. There you N- Now it's too far, Danny. Good. No. He's good. He's good at, Good to 60 yards. All right. Oh, Jesus. Good Lord. Let's get this thing back on the rails. Dotted him up there. Wow. Stop. You must be stopped. <laughs> are you done? Yeah. No way you can reset that quickly. I don't know. JFK is. Wow. God, dude. Jeez. Jeez. All right. Um, before he gets fired, it's hard to say try. Both teams in this Super Bowl might be grasping at something that just Wait, isn't there. There's something over your shoulder there, back and to the left. And this is why I can't take you guys anywhere.
It's a super week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Six o'clock news, say somebody's been shot. Somebody's been abused. Somebody blew up a building. Somebody stole a car. Somebody got away. Somebody didn't get too far. Right. Beer for my horses. Mm. Great song. That's a great song. I'm sure PETA had a problem with this one. <laughs> you know? And I'm sure, like, he no told animals were harmed in the making of this song. He told them to go to hell. Yeah. Well, he told a lot of people to go to hell. That's what I was saying. Probably <laughs> a long list. All right. Uh, I found something. Did you watch opening a night last night? The NFL Super Bowl opening night media day extravaganza. I did not watch the Bonanza. opening night. I did want. I did catch a bunch of the questions that came out of the the media scrums, which was absolute insanity. But I didn't watch the official gala. It wasn't the S show that it usually is. I thought it was actually really well done. Mm. The NFL Network did a really good job uh, putting opening night and presenting it. They finally have like a rhythm for it, and it it was actually good. TV. It was enjoyable to watch. The incredible thing is that 24,000 people showed up in person for it. Yeah, the NFL will charge you an arm and a leg for anything, man. I mean, these aren't media. This is just fans. Fans that are paying to go. To go to media day. That's wild. And most of them were uh, 49er fans. I mean, yeah. And you could definitely hear it it throughout the entire... We, there were two of them. Travis Kelsey on the on the podium. I'll tell you what, man, I uh, I leaned on my teammates more than I ever have, and uh, it's, it's been absolute. <laughs> Y'all are firing me up, making me want to play right now, baby. <laughs> I love the booze more than I love the cheers, baby. Keep them coming, Niners gang. Keep them coming. Mahomes got it too. We're playing a great 49ers team, but we're going to go out there and play our best football and see what happens. I appreciate it, Niners Nation. We're here. Oh, Niners, Niners fans, he's calling you out. It was relentless throughout the entire thing. That's uh, that's like the uh, NBA draft when it was in New York when uh, they made the Knicks pick for Kristaps Porzingis. Mm, very, very, yeah, very loud well, booze well, in the lo- in the local crowd. Let's not uh, let's not just say it was just because of Kristaps Porzingis. Any. Knicks, Jets, Giants yes. pick. If it's in New York, yes. they will boo. They will boo it no matter what it is. No matter what. They're yeah. just, no, they very, can't. Very, very strong boos. Got it wrong. Yeah. yeah, that's what New Yorkers mm-hmm. do. But San Francisco, they brought it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was fun. entertainment. They had Bruce Buffer out there doing the, you know, the, the uh, team announcements when they came in. Like he was doing a UFC fight. So they can spend a million dollars on Bruce Buffer, but they can't spend a million dollars on a practice field for the 49ers huh? i bet well, they probably Bruce, did. not michael yeah well no oh, no, no, he's, no no it's both of them i understand they, but he's still like the multiplicity clone i'm telling i'm know. telling you man it's it's a millie for them to show up he did an incredible job you know hyping up the crowd and kind of working them into a frenzy it was it was fun to see kind of the players were playing ball and you had some good we'll have the fun with audio coming up a little bit later from the media day but one thing stuck out to me that I could not get over whether it was the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs or the number one seed in the NFC, San Francisco 49ers. Both of them are trying to claim the underdog in this game. Which is it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious considering who they both are and where they've been the last couple of years with the 49ers and three straight NFC championship games, the 
49 or the Chiefs in multiple Super Bowl appearances and wins on the cusp of a dynasty yeah. and reigning Super Bowl champions Look, being like, ah, we're the underdogs. If this was the Ravens and Lions fighting over this honor, yeah, yeah, there we you, go. That dog will hunt. You you can you both have the the right to Lamar Jackson. He's real quarterbacky. You know that they could go with that. The Lions are biting kneecaps, but this is the freaking 49ers and the Chiefs. What are we doing? Technically, you would have the Chiefs as the underdog because the the line says they are. But that's not what they're kind of all everybody's trying to find that chip, right? Everybody's trying to find that chip on the shoulder. And I like as I was thinking about this, I was going, okay, first of all, who would be the underdog in this? Because I everyone loses. I think that it is. Uh, you take it easy, there, Raider fan. Have a real conversation here. I had not involved the Raiders. <laughs> well, he's used to everyone losing. <laughs> wow. It was. Uh, it was. You go. All right. Who would be the underdog in this? Because you have two storied franchises, and it it probably would be San Francisco, despite the fact they're favored on in the betting market. Yeah, because I they would... just haven't won one in. They're not the dynasty. thirty years. Yeah, they're not the dynasty. They don't have the MVP quarterback. And I I think that's it. I think as a whole, you can't call either one of these franchises that are rich in tradition and really damn good. But I think that this comes down to you have one player who essentially is the underdog, or maybe two. Brock Purdy. Yep. You could call because of the game manager thing. And I loved what Kyle Shanahan said. He goes, why is that a bad thing? Why is a system quarterback a bad thing? Every quarterback in the NFL is tasked with running a system. Sure. Every quarterback is tasked with managing a game. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, we we find this as a negative and a knock on a guy. When if you do it at the best level of anybody else, you should be just a great quarterback. Sure, you might not be elite. You may not be Mahomes, Burrow. I think the association Allen, with connotation those guys. is because it was tagged to like Trent Dilfer. But it, that's where it always resorts back to because somebody lowest... didn't want to be mean to him. Yes, because <laughs> yeah, but it's exactly it. That's the lowest common denominator. As opposed to it's weird to say Cam Newton was right when he's talking about game managers and system quarterbacks in that it wasn't it's exactly what you're saying in the sense of like Dak is a system quarterback and a game manager. He's not the next guy up, but that's not a problem because of look at how good he is in that system. He said the same thing about Purdy. And it's just kind of like, oh, Cam's right. I don't want to give him that. But at the same time, yeah, it's it, it, it goes very much in line with what we were talking about yesterday in the sense of when we talk about the Blazers in basketball. The, 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 two, the polls where you got to be great or you got to be bad. There's no, there's no in between. There's no, there's no room for reality, and and the reality is, is that Brock Purdy is very good and very good as a game manager, managing Kyle Shanahan's system, and that that's somehow seen as some backhanded compliment or not good enough because it's tagged to a Super Bowl winning quarterback twenty years ago. Because that, that's that's the one it always comes back to, right? Is Dilfer. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, yep. What? Why is that a bad thing? And I, I don't. We we want to use this as like some, you know, hammer to, to drive that nail down of, of that take, and attach everyone to that who's not Patrick Mahomes, who's not Tom Brady. It's like Aaron Rodgers isn't either of those two guys. 
but over the last couple of years, you've seen like, well, he's fading down the stretch. He's becoming more of a game manager. It's like, this guy's a four-time MVP. Why, why are we looking to now change the connotation of what he is, who he's been, because we want to attach something ne- derogatory or negative to what they have or haven't accomplished? Because we live in a society where it's stupid takes left and right. And you have, that's what I mean. There's, there's you, no room for what it actually takes place. When the reality of it is that with Brock Purdy, there probably aren't 10 quarterbacks you take over Brock Purdy no. right now. And it, the, the dumbest thing in the world is, well, he's surrounded by all of these weapons. He's surrounded by Kyle Shanahan, yet people will knock Kyle Shanahan for his game management. People will knock all of the pieces around him for their durability and showing up in big games. And uh, George Kittle doesn't have eye-popping playoff stats, and Debo Samuel always seems to get hurt mm-hmm. in, in the most pivotal times. All of these things like that are supposed to prop Brock Purdy up get used to knock him down and it's everything with the San Francisco 49ers seemingly where the Chiefs they have because they won a title and you win a Super Bowl and you play in multiples all of a sudden Andy Reid is Andy Reid is the can't miss coach Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes can do it with anybody 15 years ago what we were saying about Andy Reid Travis Kelsey is the guy he's the best tight end to ever play Mm -hmm. no he's not (laughs) he's really damn good he's 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 likely second. But, but I think yeah. he's the second best tight end in this game that's going to be played on Sunday. Oh. He doesn't block like George Kittle. I he mean, does, the, George list, Kittle, the list of tight ends who have well, or George, can block like George Kittle is very short. George Kittle is the more complete player. Oh, yeah. And no Chiefs fans should be able to admit that. Yeah. That Travis Kelsey is, if you want to say Travis Kelsey is the best receiving tight end in the NFL, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I don't think that that is close. Especially right now. But he is not like George Kittle does everything, mm-hmm. everything. He put Aiden Hutchinson on his ass in the most critical time of the game in a one-on-one block with one of the best edge rushers in the game. He put him on his butt. He is different and he is special beyond belief. But no, it's Travis Kelsey, man. He's, he's because you get the Super Bowl rings yes. and you get you get that that goes and along the Taylor, with and it. the Taylor Swift. The other guy that uh is the underdog chip on his shoulder Kadarius tony obviously he's the underdog. he's the true underdog who Thanks. he was there last night mm. did you hear what Kadarius tony had to I, say i heard it on the way in i was still it's one of my favorite it. it's one of my favorite things we'll give it to you next first is rust with sports center It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. I've heard this one. Oh, what? Should have been a cowboy? This was like Toby Keith's first hit. Yeah. This is fan- This is one of my favorite songs. No, I... I think uh, when you hear the chorus, you may you be like, "Oh yeah, I've heard this one before." Hmm. It's coming right now. Nah, no, nah. Yeah, great the, one. Honestly, the first time I think I heard Toby Keith was uh, "Put a Boot in Your Ass." That's the American way. <laughs> That's probably the first time I heard. It, to be honest. Uh, yeah, that's probably right. Um. 
we ha- I was actually shocked to even see him after the kerfuffle that happened after the AFC Championship game. But Kadarius Tony was at opening night for the Kansas City Chiefs and is with the team in Vegas leading up to the Super Bowl. And Michael Robinson of the NFL Network, former Seahawks fullback, fullbacks leading the way into the media realm. My wife was in awe of Michael Robinson at opening night. She even said, his biceps are popping through his suit. I said, take it easy there. Chill. You need a cigarette? What's going on? <laughs> Stop looking at him with those eyes. Mm. <laughs> but uh, he he pulled Kadarius Tony aside, and boy, was this the quote of the night. Mm. In what We had a lot of really good quotes, including Travis Kelsey telling an 11-year-old one of his favorite Vegas memories was going to Club Excess, but you won't know about that. Yeah. You'll go there in a few years. <laughs> this was... 10 out of 10 from Kadarius Tony. You're number one receiver in this league? Yeah, if I get it, yeah. If I get the ball, yeah. (laughs) Excuse me? First, we need to parse through that cough at the very beginning of it like he's hacking up a lung. (laughs) Are you a number one receiver in this league? And Kadarius Tony's answer was, yeah, when I get the ball. I th- this guy is so out of touch with everything. I mean, we've we all saw it up close and personal with the well the slew of games where Kadarius Tony the Bills game obviously is a massive one where he one lines up offsides, Ye. costing his team the game winning or mm, potential game uh, winning score, and then he goes. And drop after drop after drop over the course of the season, he proved time and time again he is not a one or two or three receiver on this Kansas City Chiefs team for sure. I mean, if you, if you're doing that with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, look, you do it with the Giants and and Daniel Jones. People, I'm I'm gonna give you a pass. I'm gonna give you a pass. Why do we do that though? Gonna, look, I'm gonna give you a pass. But why do like, that? That's an interesting quote uh, point though, because I think we all do. But why do we give him a pass for dropping balls from Daniel Jones, but we don't give him the pass for dropping balls from Patrick Mahomes? Because <laughs> that. Because one of them is uh, throwing the ball like they coughed, while the other one's dotting you up endlessly. I think a drop is a drop. Sure, but I think not all drops are created equal. I've seen Daniel Jones throw some. Uh, who was who is that came in for the Lions and threw that duck at the end of the game? See, I do believe that. Is that Mullins? I do believe that most drops are created equal. Mm-hmm. I I think if the ball hits you in the hands in in the NFL, you should catch the damn ball. I just think and, that there are some guys that you know they they put it on you and it's they force you to catch it. Yeah, I don't think Daniel Jones is a guy who forces you to catch the ball. I don't know what that means. In self defense, in self defense, you know, just, just just put a ball directly on you. In thirty-seven targets this mm. year, how many drops? Seven. Kadarius Tony has four drops. But here's the thing: yikes, ten percent drop, twelve percent drop rate. God, damn. twelve twelve point nine percent drop rate. God, Ugh. And I think the biggest problem for Kadarius Tony is that his drops are all when everybody. Saw him. Everybody was watching. 
Yeah, they're, they're amplified. Those, they're you. loud drops. When you do it in week one on the biggest stage when you're the only show in town on that Thursday, Thursday night, then you do it against Buffalo, and then you follow it up again against New England. Yeah, that's where it's all going to be highlighted. And you cannot... You cannot earn the respect of Patrick Mahomes. You cannot earn more targets in an offense if you drop the football like that. And I applaud Patrick Mahomes with the way he handled this receiving core all season long. Because I think to the point that you were making there about Daniel Jones, I think a lot of other quarterbacks would have killed him. They I mean, all of these receivers, even Rasheed Rice, who went through it at the at the beginning of the yeah. season. We saw that young man grow exponentially as the season went on. From, please don't throw him the ball to, maybe you should give him the ball. There is a lack of reliability in Kansas City. and I, sure. I think that the way that that receiving core grew, make no mistake, it grew when Kadarius Tony started getting less and less opportunities. And also, it grew because it had to. Yeah. It, it was grower. It was, it was sounds dumb. It was kind of a grow or die situation. Like, if you don't get this done... We're cooked. And when you get a guy like Kadarius Tony, you can't be a grower. You got to be a shower. You exactly. got to show up and play right away. Immediately, you have got to be that guy that they brought you in to be because they had massive holes, especially with Miko Hardman mm -hmm. and filling that void. They thought, all right, this is going to be our guy to do it. MVS kind of still working his way into the trust tree of Patrick Mahomes. And I think at the end of the year, we're starting to see, especially when you go to seal the game and that's the guy you throw to, there's a hell of a lot of faith in, in that, in number 11 now, that wasn't there before. Yeah, not only that, I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw Tony out of the trust tree, and he didn't hit a single trust branch on the way down. Nah, nah, he dropped it. Yeah. Uh, as as this texture points out, if you give Kadarius Tony a pass, he'll drop it, man. So you, he, you can't give him a drop. <laughs> it can't be had right now. It's true. <laughs> I was looking at his, his career drops. Yeah. Two in 57 targets and 21, which, okay. Not bad. One in three in 22 with the Giants. One in 17 with the Chiefs last year. And then five in 38 targets. That's... Yeah. <clears throat> well, and here's the thing about a drop. They do not consider it a drop like if you lay out and you get a hand on it. No, it's, a, it's, no, it's this graded, is, isn't it? Hit you in hands yeah. and it drops and, and it goes down. That's a lot. Yeah. I don't a, know if anybody spike. has that kind of numbers in the NFL. If they do, they're not going to be in the NFL for long. Sheesh. 503-864-6326. That be the Vancouver Ford text line. Something crazy happened. Uh, some news came out of the NFL yesterday that I just can't wrap my head around. Next on The Fan. <laughs> It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Chain smokers and boozers. I've heard this one. This would be right around your time. Yep. This would be right around your time of... Is this, is this off the shocking y'all album? Dirty hitchhackers. And the girls next door dress up like I don't know. What a great song, though, when you have a local watering hole. Oh, yeah. This is also when I was stationed in Texas. Oh, so ah, overseas. 
<laughs> Texas is like a different country sometimes. <laughs> Most times. <laughs> Diana Rossini of The Athletic, formerly of Comcast Sportsnet Indeed. Northwest. Uh, I always like to throw that in there. Diana it's is a distinguished list. A hell of a good time. Mm. She, Diana's an animal. Yeah. And she's now with The Athletic after a good run at ESPN. Kicking butt and taking names. This was Diana Rossini yesterday on her, on their NFL podcast for The Athletic talking about Mike Vrabel and why he didn't get a job this hiring cycle. I don't think that there was a fit for him. I don't think he sat in front of any owner who thought that his style was going to work for what they were looking for. Do you know I had a GM at the Senior Bowl who mentioned to me Vrabel's physical build that he's a very large human being and can be very intimidating to to people in an organization that are going to be part of these decisions. And that is a factor, which I left. I said, stop. That That's not something that's real. Who cares what someone physically looks like? And he said, I'm just telling you, I've been I've been in rooms and, and somebody's physical presence can make a difference. That is so bizarre. Okay, so there. I I know how insane this probably sounds to a lot of people. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw this out there. There are certain things. For the, again, quick background. I worked in military intelligence. Worked as an interrogator. There is truth to this. Nerd! Yes, there is literal truth to this. Now it depends on who you go into and who you're talking to. But do you think? Think about this real quick. Jeff Bezos was this scrawny little dude in a garage. Again, was given $300,000 by his parents to start Amazon. How does he look now? Jacked. Okay. Mark like Z- a supervillain. Mark Zuckerberg. Pasty white. But jacked. Yes. Judo champion. They all there's there's a connotation between power and physicality and size. And so depending on outcomes you may want to push you might send somebody bigger into a room or smaller into a room depending on what you're trying to accomplish and that makes sense if you're interrogating somebody but also when you look at the way i would imagine that these hirings go and these interviews go there's probably some very 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 strong similarities in how those meetings are conducted i can tell you that whatever business you are running if that is your worry you don't have strong leadership at the top and you are not strong enough at the top to have a coach that is physically imposing because he played in the NFL and now coaches in the National Football I mean, League. Domingo Ryan's if, out there still looking super jacked for the Texans. If you can't handle that, that says more about you than anything else. Because one thing that you hear time and time again about Mike Vrabel is his relationship that he has with his staff and his players. Dude's dude. He relates to them. He connects with them. That's the most important part about coaching to get people to buy in and pull in the same direction. Now, where did Mike Vrabel have his hiccups as a head coach? And this probably is where the intimidation is, is that he can't stand ineptitude at the top. At the top, and that's what he had in Tennessee. He couldn't ha- he does not like it when you do not have a strong direction. At the top, and if you if that's what's stopping you from hiring Mike Vrabel, 
you're going to continue to not win football games. I can tell you that. That's why I still wonder why the commanders didn't go down that path. That's the hire that I would have made. I don't care what you were looking for strength and stability. Like it's his physicality is kind of what you're after. Crazy. In the sense of like, you want that that physicality, you want that strength, you want to, to be seen when you're talking about the subversive stuff, you want to be seen as that. Like if, if the first thing you think of when the Washington Commanders is this big iron-jawed coach, much like you know Bill Cowher with the Steelers. When you thought about the Steelers in that time period, that's what you thought of. Yeah, yeah, they had great players and the defense and everything, but the the beacon on the hill was the jaw. And that came from that toughness of Bill Cowher. Like, how you wouldn't go down that path, I don't understand it. Whoever that was definitely wasn't going to hire Dan Campbell. No. <laughs> God, no. But in, in, in all seriousness, too, it's not just a sign of, 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 a, of a weakness in the sense of the top of the organization. Those subconscious biases exist in people that you, you, like, 100%. you would not believe at the highest levels of power. And that's a that is a wild thing to think about mm-hmm. with successful companies operating in that manner. But here we are. You see some and, and it works in the other way that you know somebody wouldn't want to hire somebody who's small because they they don't they don't feel like they could command a room or uh, take control. Who is the smallest coach hired this cycle? I think we can deduce which team it was. That- I was I was gonna say Chip, but he's not a head coach, and he didn't pick up a coordinator gig. But well, he's still the head coach at UCLA. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If, if it would have been, would have been him. Maybe Brian Callahan. I don't know how big he is, mm-hmm. but he went to Tennessee, then replaced Mike Vrabel. Um, hmm. I don't know. We, crack research team. We'll get on it. We'll get Dan on Quinn's it. jacked. He is. So maybe it wasn't Washington. Super, super, super great, perfectly round bald head, too. He's got he's got a good bald head. Right? He's got a really good bald head. All right, fun with audio next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 
We're getting you ready for pro football's ultimate matchup. Give us a taste. Mac has a noodle on. Ooh, buddy. This is a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. I got hit in the head with the tortilla. Yikes! The Fan. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty with you on this Tuesday of Super Week on The Fan. Keep the, all throughout the week, we need to keep the great recipes that we've gotten coming into the Vancouver Ford text line, because we've gotten a lot of really good ones. One from uh, Rufio yesterday. We had a, what, what was the, uh, what was the Puerto Rican dish we got in yesterday on the, that was on Mofungo? The yeah, Mofungo, yeah. That, that sounded good. Yeah. Got to get your menus right. Got to get your menus right. I'm having the in-laws over. They're not sports people. My father-in-law is. Okay. He is. He's he's a big Chicago sports guy. Okay. Which is going to make this NFL draft a little interesting. Mm. But uh, a lot of sadness. All right. Well, so you're doing the family thing. Yeah. That's I'm going to keep it real real tight though. Real, real tight. Nice and small. I think the I think the good number for Super Bowl is like under 10? No, nah, 10 to 15. Okay. I think 10 to 15 is a good that's a good number. Mm. Because then you can, you know, you can disperse a little bit more. It won't get too loud during the game. You can just be like, because anything more than like fifteen people, you're gonna people are just gonna be talking over each other. Kids have to be in another room as well. Oh yeah, that's the other one. Yeah. Well, see, I feel like you got to have multiple rooms going. Zones, there, at least multiple TVs. The yes. kitchen, the like we've always got room. the big screen, yeah, and then the kitchen, and then and, like a yeah. like a a kids play area. I feel like you got to have at least two. Yeah. This could be very, this could be a big issue. We're going to a place that has, it has a bad track record of television during big moments. No, big moments during games has like, we've been like fourth fourth quarter game winning drive and the screen freezes because they have like the dish and it's like, "Mm." yeah, oh, it's been there. It's happened a couple of times too. So they have a lot of pressure. They feel that their new cable provider is, they're they're promising results. But I may report back that I had to leave mid Super Bowl to make sure we had television. I don't. Just make sure you get the cell phone like streaming ahead. In case it's not, it's not, it's a little rural. You can't, you can't look, man. I live out in the country and I'm, I'm doing good. No, that's not this. Mm. No, no, I mean, you you do not. You, you, when you say you live out in the country, you do not compare to where this is. You're going, okay, no, not even that. It like that, but this is, I feel like there's a difference between the sticks and the country. Mm. That's right. Yeah, there is. That's right. This is the sticks. This is a little bit in between. Okay. It's a little in between, but it's not. Mm-mm. Just saying, we got gigabit mm-mm. where I'm at now. So step your game up, everybody. Well, yeah. And I. that's why I'm saying this is not where yeah. you live. <laughs> like, I feel very confident in that. Yeah, no, there's only you so You live many... two blocks from like a everything in Newburgh. There's no way you're that far out. It's true. But that's also Newburgh. Everything is within two blocks. <laughs> it's kind of insane. But also, like, there's only so many places now that only have like the satellite internet. Starlink, it's Elon Musk trying to they, make sure he they sees put, everything. They, they put a chip Google. in the guy's head. That that's not no, I'm not down with that. You don't want to T one thousand this? The Neuralink thing. 
No. What does the chip do? Do we know what the chip does? Uh, it's supposed to, like, I don't know, put you always online? Basically, apparently you can, like, think of a song and it will start playing in your head. Well, that's weird. Or should. I can, I can do the same thing right now. <laughs> My brain does that. Yeah. But it actually plays. That seems like it would be annoying. How do you turn that off? Right? God. Like, that is not, that, that right, the Neuralink is not for somebody with ADD. Because that bad boy is going to just be firing at all times. It's at least a cure for the earworm, though. Because well, the whole reason you get the earworm song is because your body and your psyche knows most of it, but it doesn't know how to, like, to finish it off, and that's why it goes over and over in your head. Just think of you don't know how to wrap it up. Just think if you're sitting there thinking about, like, what do spiders sound like when they walk on the floor as you're trying to sleep, and all of a sudden in the back of your head, your skull sounds like there's a spider marching on it. Dude, that's awful. Yeah. That's terrible. Let me go ahead and put that little... I mean, that's nightmare fuel. Introduced a new fear. What do spiders sound like walking on the floor, if you're listening very closely? Yeah. If you want one even closer, uh, completely derail, the super up-close uh, imaging of an ant's face. Have you seen that? I have. It's terrifying. Ants, on the when you just like look at them, and like, oh, nothing there. But when you actually get like the... The electron microscope, like up close, they look like demons. I, mean, I watched Honey I Shrunk the Kids. It's, I did too, bro. It's terrifying. <laughs> I did too. Rick Moranis, love yeah. him. Rest in peace. No, nope, still alive. Still alive. Still alive. Just uh, hung up the acting. Yeah, retired. Take care of his kids. Shoes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right. Well, I, I know. I know what they look like. That's just terrifying. Hey, we've got. You know what else is terrifying? Mm. Uh, your golf score. Ten eighty. The fan invites wow. you to play in the. Inaugural Fan Winter Golf Classic out at X-Golf, Tualatin and X-Golf, Vancouver, Tuesday, February 27th, a couple weeks away from now. Sign up your threesome now. Oh, wait, that's exactly three weeks from today. That's three weeks from today. Sign up your threesome now. You can uh, choose from either the noon round or the 4 p.m. round at either X-Golf location. Slots are filling up fast. Danny and Dusty, Isaac and Sue, and it'll be broadcasting live from there. Winning threesome will win a free foursome in this summer's 10th annual Fan Golf Classic. Last place threesome, they receive a free lesson at X Golf. There will be food for our golfers from Victorico's. Hey, 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 Victorico's Mexican food and Pearl Catering and the Urban Restaurant Group. All golfers will play the historic Pebble Beach course on the state of the art simulator. Go to 1080thefan.com now for more information and to sign your threesome up. So we're playing Pebble Beach. Nice. I like that. We you got uh, the short par three. See if we can uh, see if we can hit a hole in hit, one. Hit over there, yeah. A little downhill. We we played the front nine, I believe. I think I don't think I played the back nine when we did the uh, the winter or the fall session at mm. X Golf for the ten eighty. You team. played the you played back nine. How'd you shoot at at X Golf Tualatin? I actually that was where you were at. That day was actually one of my best days. There I think go. I was like three over dialed. Yeah, no, it was that was. That was the day that I came in with no warm-ups and just kind of let it go, and it went really well. Those make you think you're good at golf. Yeah, no, and then I came out the next week, and I completely sucked. See? Yeah. That's golf it does it to you. Rough. Golf does that to you. All right, uh, let's get to some of this fun with audio that we have here, because I thought last night they did a really good job with the opening night of the NFL's Super Bowl week, and Kyle Shanahan dropped something on us that, it's just a story of what stable and good franchises do. Never being afraid. Next on The Fan. It's- 
It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Media day last night in Vegas uh, for Super Bowl 58. Both the Chiefs and the 49ers took the podiums. We played a little bit of the audio. Kelsey getting booed. Mahomes getting booed. Kadarius Toney somehow believing he's still a number one receiver in the NFL. I can't say it without a straight face. No. With a straight face. It's it's comical. He's just not good. Yeah, no, it's I mean, kudos to him for for for, for holding on. He's gonna have like a hundred yards, isn't he? In the Super Bowl. I mean, you're he's gonna go for a hundred. But he's gonna drop hundred and seventy five yards worth of passes. <laughs> you think he's gonna play? You know, you know. Did you know Kadarius Tony has a Super Bowl record? How he has the longest punt return in Super Bowl history? Oh, last year, 30, really? thirty yards. That's the long. <laughs> That's the longest punt return. Uh-huh. Never. There's never been a punt wow. return return for a touchdown. Kickoffs, obviously. Kickoffs. Uh, well, yeah, Devin Hester, yeah. Desmond Howard, but there's never been a punt return for a touchdown. And thirty really? yards is the longest. Which is a really long punt return. A, yeah. But I wonder I is, guess, is that about as long as you're going to get, though, too, without getting caught? You know what I mean? Without scoring? Probably. I'm just, I'm just surprised there hasn't been one. One hasn't broken? I am, too. No. In 57 games. In 57. Well, I think there's only been... Two kickoffs for touchdowns, and I don't think we're ever going to see one again. Well, not now with the new rules, obviously. <laughs> I think Devin Hester's will be the last one ever. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, because here's the thing: with when you make it to the Super Bowl, you're good in every phase, though. Sure, your special teams aren't going to be trash, and so it's crazy to think about, you know, when the Cowboys put up a fifty spot on the Buffalo Bills. It, it the, that shouldn't be happening. You know, and because you are a complete team, you are in every sense. And the one thing that, you know, the the Colts, when Devin Hester returned his for a touchdown, it was they were one of the worst kickoff coverage teams in the NFL that year. And I remember Al Michaels, the like last words before Adam Vinatieri kicked it off was they haven't been good on kickoff. And then, boom, Devin Hester goes for a touchdown. It's very rare that you have, especially special teams-wise, incomplete special teams when it gets to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you would think that at some point we had a a touchdown but on a punt return, but no, it's never happened. Yeah, not like that. There's only how many guys are, are, don't get me wrong, the the talent back there is incredible, but there isn't an, an electric returner anymore outside of Cordell Patterson. I, I don't think we just we don't allow that. You anymore. know what I mean? Like that doesn't exist anymore. Like that, you're, it's like you're sixth the wide receiver who's back there. You're not you're not putting a guy back there who's and that bums me out. It, it, I mean, that feels like that's when you talk about the analytics of sports. That feels like something that maybe has gone too far the other way. Like you might be able to get something out of that. I was reading. It just popped up because it was like a, the anniversary. Whatever popped up on my feed. The 2001 XFLs, or the original XFLs rules, mm. and the He Hate Me XFL. Yeah, the the good one. Mm-hmm. But and who else was in that? That league, uh, Tommy Maddox. Oh, that's right. Played there too. Yeah. But they had rules, and I was like, 
I actually don't hate this. Mm. Where if it was a a punt was a live ball after 25 yards, but the kick team had to give a five-yard halo for the return man. So no fair catches. And it was a, if the punt went past 25 yards, it was a live ball. And I was like, I don't hate that. Mm. You have to give the five-yard halo, but if he drops it, or if he goes the other way and just misreads the ball completely, it's a live ball, even if they don't touch it. And if it was kicked into the end zone, any kick had to be returned out of the end zone. Don't really love that one. Mm. But I, lo- I, I was like, how can you make special teams like special? Special and yeah. momentum changing it. I actually didn't hate most of the rules for the XFL. They just went way too far over the edge with, with it. some of the other ones. Yeah. Uh, but Kadarius Tony was at opening day. Mm-hmm. And I thought we heard from from Kyle which, Shanahan. Which has to be a surprise to you because you didn't think he was going to be there. I didn't think they'd bring his ass. Yeah. I thought they would just leave him and just say, after Is you it a, put our air our dirty laundry on Instagram. Was it a bigger, would it have been a bigger distraction to leave him though? Because if, he, if he's less behind, then there's no incentive. Well, and he's now saying, I never attacked the Chiefs. What? You clearly went out and said that you're not injured, mm. <laughs> and they're making it up. <laughs> Andy Reid had to say, we didn't make up his injury. Like, yeah, he's there. I don't think so, because people would have just been like, yeah, well, I get it. Mm. Why would you bring him? He's a particular batch crazy. He hasn't been good. Yeah. But uh, Kyle Shanahan, I thought, it was pretty, you, you get some of the crazy and weird answers, but you also get some of the good ones. And I love this question that, Kyle Shanahan was told uh, or was asked to retell his encounter with Jed York during uh, their training camp last year when Brock Purdy was a rookie. And I love the answer that he got because when you have a good franchise, when you are stable at the top, and we were talking about this like with the variable thing, Mm -hmm. you're stable from the top on down and there is trust in what you're doing. You can get away with saying things like this in making the moves that the San Francisco 49ers made. Professional sports oh, wait, and all sports. Wrong when owner comes in after training camp practices and is like, hey, how's the quarterback? And he, what he means is the starter yeah. or the second. And you and Irritation go, I don't know, but our third guy's the best. Like, that's not what he wants to hear. So that's why he remembers it very strong. But that was just more, Brock was so good right away with every rep he got. He was always the same. And he only got a couple of them. So it was easy for me to say. Because in his few reps, he was the best. But if you know that for a fact, I mean, then you do what you do right away. But he was the best. and But you ease that on. And every time he got a little more reps, it was the same as when he only got two. And so when it was all said and done and he got a lot of playing time, I was like, oh, this looks exactly like what I told you when I was irritated. And he only had three reps. And I said, no, he's the best. But... That's what was so real about Brock. That's why after his seven games, his rookie year, even when he got hurt, we knew what we had because he'd been that way in practice every day, and it was the exact same way in the games. There were questions about Jimmy Garoppolo and whether he could be the guy to get you over the hump, but he got you to a Super Bowl before. You went and you traded up, and you used the number three pick on Trey Lance, and you were waiting for him to turn the corner. Oops. Meanwhile, after just a couple of practice practices Kyle Shannon says in frustration he went to the owner when the owner came and said how's it how's the quarterback looking it was the sixth round or the seventh round pick the 262nd pick in the draft Mr. Irrelevant 
that he said the third one is the best one. Mm. And how long did it take before they finally just said the keys are yours? Because the investment is sunk into the top draft capital, and that's how it's going to work. Um, Kyle sounded a little sounded like he may have been a little, a little uh, slurry there. Yeah, it's uh, Vegas. Look, look, here's the thing though. Um, Take the edge off. Maybe go the Michael Bublé route. The shrooms. Yeah, just have a little tab. That was not a microdose. That was not a microdose. <laughs> My buddy lied to me. But I love the fact that Shanahan went with it, and he was just like, "No, but we are going to trust that time, we got." You, you, you don't want to see necessarily that Trey is kind of quote unquote thrown on the bus, but that was the thing that we just kept saying from the jump was like, "This guy just doesn't have it." Now, whether or not Brock was that much better, again, Jimmy G is average at best. Trey wasn't even that, so it's really not that hard to think that. Brock Purdy was standing out amongst the crowd. It is when you see what NFL franchises do year in and year out, team after team, every single year, playing those guys that you're like, that's this and it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you have the one, the teams that do it and they pull the trigger on it and they say, I don't care if we paid Matt Flynn, the third round pick out of Wisconsin is the guy that is better than him. Mm -hmm. We're going to play him. Those are the teams where if you see it, and you trust it. The talent is the talent is the talent is the talent, regardless of where it came from, when it was drafted, how much it's being paid. Look, there, there's certain times where you do have to acquiesce to the, the contract. But in times of importance, at particularly at the quarterback position, you got you just have to go with what that says. And you have to be stable with your standing in the franchise and not be afraid of what it's going to mean to you going forward because you're going to stand by the decisions you made. But this franchise has got to support you in it too. And that that's with Jed York. That's with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. This is why all three of those pieces have got to be you. They have to be operating in cohesion or you turn into the Chicago bears. What has been the biggest difference in the Detroit lions? And I love that their GM, Brad Holmes, he, he went and he was taking names and pointing people out. He's like, you said we shouldn't have taken Penny Sewell. You said that we <laughs> needed a wide receiver in the draft. Well, guess what? Penny Sewell's the best damn tackle in, in, in right tackle in, in football right, right now. now. And, you know. Oh, he came with a notebook in that press He was taking receipts. And you know what? That is the big difference is that the Ford family finally said, we're going to get out of the way. We're going to let you football guys do your thing. And we will support you financially, finally, in a way that we haven't before. And you have homes. They weren't intimidated by the big guy in the room. And Dan, you're damn right. And Dan Campbell are the two guys that they are in lockstep. Mm-hmm. And that is when you can operate at a higher level than what you've seen before. It took, you know, the Brown family in Cincinnati, it took Joe Burrow to finally prove it before they got out of the way. But look, when after Joe Burrow's rookie year, they finally started paying guys. They finally started bringing in free agents, and they got to the damn Super Bowl. Weird how that works. It's amazing. It's almost like how it's, it a all dra- works. it's a straight line you can draw. Yeah, in it's trust in the football guys to make the football decisions. Even though it may, and owners get like this, they get to the point where they don't want to look like their franchise made the wrong pick by by going and drafting Trey Lance. Well, guess what? You did, but. Trust the football guy in in Kyle Shanahan that Purdy's better. We got to roll with him, and they did. It, I mean, it is when you really think about what that means. 
to give up the capital that they did and to see who the, who those picks turned into. One of them was Micah Parsons. The Dolphins turned one of those first round picks into Tyreek Hill. And I believe the other one into Jalen Waddle. Seems good. <laughs> like you think about the, the way that capital was used. You're like, and you got Trey Lance out of that. Uh, that's that stings. And yet there's, they're playing on Sunday. Think about how insane that is that they missed that badly. Not only on that pick, but with that the, the capital that went out, and they're still the team playing on Sunday. <laughs> That's how insane they have been with every other decision. That's pretty damn impressive. All right, coming up next, um, some not-so-impressive stuff uh, coming into the Super Bowl weekend that may or may not prove a distraction for one quarterback. But first, here's the Big Kahuna Sports Center update. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Man, that sucks. It's Super Bowl week and there's bound to be distractions. And unfortunately... There may be one for the Chiefs that's not uh, Taylor Swift related. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, Patrick Mahomes Sr., Patrick Mahomes' father, Uh-oh. has been popped with a DWI in Tejas for an open container, which I will say... Wait, I thought you could drive with open containers. You can uh, in the passenger seat. At least that's what it was when I was there. Uh... I don't know if you can in the driver's seat. So if he was driving by himself... I'm not, again, I'm not sure of the legality of what it was in Texas, but I know that when I was stationed there, you could have an open container in the car. Weird. It's, it's weird as that is to say. Isn't this the third time that Mr. Mahomes Sr. has been popped? He is facing a charge of DWI for the third time per his records, and bond has been set at $10,000. Yikes. Yeah. Now, I I thought I, I read also that he for his last one, it was not that long ago, and he had to serve 40 days in jail. 2018. So 2018. five years ago. But... And so this is the third one? Goodness. I have a feeling this will not be a distraction to Pat. I, I saw that was like the popular thing is like, is Patrick Mahomes going to be distracted by this? I have a feeling that if you can win Super Bowls with your dumbass brother, Jackson Mahomes, <laughs> being around you at all times. And that's kind of where I was he going with he this. He can is, separate a lot. Is I think he's used to, I mean, distractions of stupid family members, including his wife and brother. I Have you seen the latest with those two? That they're getting criticized for their actions after the AFC Championship game. No, I didn't see this. Did they do something dumb? 
I don't think they did. No, they're 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 getting grouped in with their collective previous I th- stupid I stuff. I think I think what happened okay. is people just overreacting because what happened is they went down on the field to celebrate after the AFC Championship game, and like they were walking through the tunnel, and she goes, Patrick goes to the locker room, obviously, and she just looked like turned and looked at like a a worker and goes, "Where are we supposed to go now?" And people were like, oh, how rude of her. It's well, like, and I think they were criticizing like her hand gesture doing it too. Yeah, but she was just which like, I can understand, but I think even in this case, I, I, I think they're reaching. They're we're, reaching. Maybe we've yeah. gone a little people too far are, in the. Like, people oh, are looking for something to be outraged about. Yeah, which is like, this Again, isn't it, man. Like, we don't need to do that. They'll give us something. Like, and I'm not a Jackson or Brittany defender, but I think. I thought, no, I don't think anybody even inside yeah. that family really is much of one. But. The jury rules. In favor of Jackson and Brittany Mahomes in wow. this. Yeah. Insert the find, meme of agreeing finds, with the worst person in the world. <laughs> Finding in, in, in case of the defendant. Wow. We did it. I mean, it, well, I thought it was pretty conclusive evidence that we saw on video that they, they're they a-holes a lot of times that we see. This was not one of them. This was not one of them. I will I will defend them. I, I, there's right and wrong. They weren't in the wrong here. Yeah, I mean, Agree. I don't think so. Either. They were just asking, "Where are we supposed to go?" Yeah. Like, I don't know. I thought it was fair. Mahomes' family is a big distraction. That, that's what I, that, that's kind of the overarching theme that I was going for here. Is like, look, this guy's kind of used to the stupid around him. You know, it's pretty incredible the way he's turned the, out. The fact that he's handled it the way that he has, but I mean, the ability to compartmentalize is something that I think NFL players are very good at. Athletes in general, and not that, not that all all compartmentalization is the same. Look, if um, Isaiah Thomas, when his sister tragically passed away in the NBA playoffs, like that's he goes out there and plays, but then he basically he's mush afterwards. But he has that that one. Like, this is not that kind of situation, right? This you're not finding out your family members dying going into the game kind of situation. Is it a problem that your dad is getting his DWI for the third time? Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. But I think that, number one, the fact that this isn't the first time... It's not good. It's not good, but also, like, you kind of have... Does it become less of a shock? Yeah, I think he's just going, oh boy, here uh, we go Here's some Here's some stupidity that I have to deal with on this week of all weeks. But I feel like this week is probably a better week than most because yesterday they went through the big opening night thing, and then they it's close you down. I mean, they close they they close the hatches, and you don't have the media availability every single day. So I bet he's just like. Better actually this week than last week. That's fair. And in the way he, he the Patrick Mahomes was asked about it by multiple outlets, and he essentially said the same version of it's a family matter, family matter, and it will remain a family matter. And yet he was still able to have a good time last night. I don't think this is an issue for him at all. And yeah. it, anybody that's trying to make it in one, I think is overblowing it because in the same press conference where he was asked multiple times about his father getting a DUI for the third time, he was also asked if he could do a Kermit the Frog impression. He said, I'm talking right now. Mm. So he gets it. <laughs> He's, he gets He still has the sense of humor. He's still fine. I like Patrick Mahomes. I think in, in where he is. The Netflix doc got you, didn't it? Oh, no, I actually did not find him to be all that likable mm. in that, to be honest. Is it the dad bod that got you? Uh, yeah, it is. No, I just think that, one, his style of plays, 
incredible. Oh, it's, it's, I like it's, it. it's about as aesthetically pleasing a quarterback play that has ever existed. I do not like the only thing that I don't like about him really is he complains a lot. A lot. Yes. And I think the Netflix doc, that quarterback thing, highlighted I, that? that highlighted it because he complains a lot in that too, mm. where it's like, okay, he just, that's, that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. But I find him as a fellow complainer, I, I get it. I find him refreshing in interviews. Mm-hmm. He he does a good job. His commercials are great. He's a funny guy. He's personable. He's not shut off. Like he no. he kind of he does kind of put it all out there. He's, and I do. It's, it's not curated. I think I, I think I it mean, is. Yeah, it, it is. But I mean, it's curated in the same way I think like Dane was curated. Like you you got to see a lot of genuine. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. That. Know what I mean? Like it's it's not. It's not so fake you're sitting there going, oh, for the love of God. And I, I love that people are trying to make him out to be a villain now because this is what we do when mm. you reach greatness. When they when you reach greatness, people try to knock you down a peg. There is no doubt about it. Patrick Mahomes is greatness at this point in his career. Yes. Now people are like, oh, can't believe you know Patrick Mahomes, the gall of him. No. No, the, Dude the, the is, first run of the Chiefs was like, look how fun this young uh, – Crazy quarterback with his, all these arm slots, this Brett Favre cavalier attitude, the the way he goes about. And it was young, plucky, and we we were co- kind of comparing this to the ascent of of Brady, where early on he steps in for Bledsoe, and it's this young, up and coming, plucky underdog story. Of and then by the end of his career, it's like, for the love of God, go away. People confuse success with arrogance. Yes, and and that that's a hundred percent. The truth. And when it, when the success does become overwhelming, it can lead to that. When I don't I don't think a lot of people handle it the right way. I think that Aaron Rodgers is a guy who has not handled it the right <laughs> way. I think that when you look at everything that, you know, Tom Brady kind of put out there, it, his was manufactured and curated yes. to the nth degree. But you never heard of Tom Brady getting in trouble. You never hear of, you know, uh Patrick Mahomes getting in trouble or really even stepping in it, you know, with any of their the things that they say. Getting in trouble isn't just getting arrested, you know. It, it can be stepping in it in the public eye, like Aaron Rodgers has several times over, and, mm-hmm. you know, alienating your entire family. And I think we should applaud Patrick Mahomes that his family, albeit maybe insufferable, but they still love him, and he still loves them. Sure. That's, that's a good thing it's right good, now. It's a good place to be. But people are going to want to knock him down a peg and uh, that's one I just don't get because I think where it comes from is every fan base is they want a Mahomes. They want a Brady. They want a Rodgers, and they want it so desperately that you just start hating them because of jealousy that your your franchise doesn't have it or you can't find it. I'm going to be going back through that in spades now that Tom Brady is gone, mm-hmm. and Chiefs fans are going to have to go through it too when Patrick Mahomes eventually retires. It's become the the, the uh, DiCaprio meme. The only just pointing, mm, mm, mm. except for before. the only franchise that doesn't is the Green Bay effing Packers, who never seem to be without a quarterback. Yeah, that's got to be a good Blessed. place to be, right? Like, if you're going to trade any fan for any fan experience in the NFL, Ooh. hard pressed to say no to the Packers, even though you aren't getting the dynasty runs. Getting one Super Bowl win per quarterback hmm. over 30 years. And just consistency just of always being, being in Just it. being good, always having good players, always being competitive. You have what, in the Favre-Rogers eras, I think you have three total seasons that they were a, a, not a good team. And you never have the question of who's our quarterback. No. 
I think the Niners are actually a really good one. That's too. a good one too. The Niners have—they're one of those franchises where it's like, yeah, especially if they win here. They went through like the Mike Nolan and Mike Singletary years, but that was short-lived. Stop hiring guys named Mike, yeah. and you're going to be fine. Mike Martz, Mike Nolan, oh, Mike like, Singletary. Imagine if they would have went with McDaniel. See, they're good. They See? got a Kyle. Yeah. yeah, they got a Kyle mm. in there, the frat bro. Mm. But I think the 49ers are a good one. Packers are a great one. I'm trying to think. I'm now you have my wheels turning on which fan base Raiders would have been if you're talking about like from 67 to 01. But since then, hell no. <laughs> so almost a quarter of a century <laughs> since they've been good. 40 years they were great, and then in 20 years they weren't. <laughs> that hurt. That hurt. Um I think the Eagles, the Eagles may be in that the conversation. Eagles are a good too. one. They did crater for a little bit, but you had two very, 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 very good. But I mean, historically, haven't been able to get over that hump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that, uh, and obviously the Steelers. Steelers, yeah, the Steelers. It's the Packers, Steelers. Four I Niners. think Niners are. Yeah. I think they're. That, that's those probably, those are probably the three most distinct, mm. sustained greatness eras. Dang. Like even truly great. Where again. If you said told Steelers fans, you know, you only get one with Ben or one with Mike Tomlin over what, sixteen years now? So what? Crazy. But then for some people that's not good enough. Ravens are gonna be that franchise when they have more history behind them though, too. Yeah, because you would have the the Ravens. Yeah, they're ninety six. They they have not been very many down years. No. Since nineteen ninety six when they moved. Yeah. You had a couple years as as the quote unquote moving expansion team, but they brought everybody with them, so wasn't really the same. God, yeah, that's good. Yeah, not a bad place to be. And on the flip side, you got the Jets. Doof. And the Lions. Yeah, that's. And I'm not even gonna put the Bears in that because they they've they, been to Super yeah. Bowl, been to Super Bowl and recently, they, and they do have at least one. You got four teams that have never been to a Super Bowl: Jags, Lions, Browns, Browns, and Texans. Texans. Other than that, every other team has gone to a Super Bowl. And obviously Texans, Jags. They're new. Yeah. New money. And yeah. the Jags went to the AFC Championship game in their second what, 95? season. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, that that when you talk about longevity of a franchise, that one's not bad too. So oh. all right. Coming up next, speaking of uh franchises moving and relocating, uh the mayor of Las Vegas has uh chimed in about the uh possible move of the Oakland A's and where they maybe they should stay. Danny Dusty, Danny the fan. Now, Red Solo Cup is the best receptacle for barbecues, tailgates, fairs, and It's a super week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. Hey, on 1080 Hey, Stanley, have you heard this one before? The Oakland A's are having trouble moving. I'm not stopping you at all. I will not stop you at any turn on that. Well, Carolyn Goodman, she is the mayor of Las Vegas, and I would imagine she has a thing or two to do with the uh, possible relocation of the Oakland A's to Las Vegas, who, remember, again, that group that is supposed to move to Las Vegas has already put down $50 million at least guaranteed for that 60-acre plot of land that they still haven't done anything worth doing. The old flamingo. Yes, and they're still not sure where they're going to play this year or next year going forward. Well, and I think there's something that that that's a big issue. Mm. But there's something else at play here because 
the state of Nevada is now being sued by the teachers of the state of Nevada over this <laughs> in part because of the financing for the A's stadium in Vegas. Because you remember the day that they approved the the tax um, levy that will fund the stadium build for the A's, it was the same day that teachers were picketing in front of the Capitol for more funding for schools. And so now the teachers are saying, the hell with you, state of Nevada. We're going to sue you to try and get money for, for education because you guys are, meanwhile, building a new stadium, a billion-dollar stadium mm -hmm. for a billionaire himself so we can have Major League Baseball, but we can't fund our schools in the state? Yes, remember, before this move ever happened, there was the... Uh, in, was it, they they were going to file the injunction, but instead they had the protest and blocked the was it a levy? It was a levy or a bond? I can't remember which what it was. But over any money going to this, so there's a lot of oh the political machinations that are going on down there because this isn't like the uh, oh god what is the super rich casino magnet family? Uh, god, it's killing me. I know who you're talking about. He, old guy, the name's an S. Yeah. Sheldon Adelson. Sheldon Adelson. It's, this isn't Adelson money. This isn't like, ah, it's done. You know, like so many things have been done over the years. Uh, the, the, was it Adelson White House, I think, is the, is the, between the two? Because that's who just bought the Mavericks from Mark Cuban, which they had to divest some of their holdings to get the cash flow to buy Mark Cuban out. So, that's literal billions of dollars from their kind of quasi uh, not cashless economy holdings that went into that sector. So there's not that money isn't at play here because that's not the group trying to buy the team. Because remember, Adelson was the one that was originally trying to bring the Raiders to Las Vegas and got axed out by Mark Davis. Well, that was because he the, the big one in that one is he owns the newspaper in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. too. And they were they were writing very complimentary articles about Adelson and his efforts to buy the team. Interesting, hmm. but the, to the larger point, the the city is going. Why are you still trying to squeeze us for money, yes. John J. Fisher? And the city of Oakland's like, <laughs> we've seen this before. We've seen this before, and we've got audio from the mayor of Las Vegas and how she kind of feels about it with front office sports. Hmm. We have a very large complex, probably about 60 acres. We probably could cobble together more land so they could possibly have 100 acres. And it's in the historic old part of town, which is where all major interstate highways come together. We have seven access points to it. It is in an opportunity zone. There are all these benefits. And so when they said no, I thought, hmm. This doesn't make sense. And so why is it happening? And then I thought, well, because they really want to stay in Oakland. They want to be on the water. They have that magnificent dream, and yet they can't get it. Would it be a good thing if the A's do, in fact, move to the Tropicana? I personally, I'm not talking about anybody else anywhere else in this community. I personally think they've got to figure out a way to stay in Oakland to make their dream come true. <laughs> Welp, I personally, as as just citizen of Las Vegas, also, I'm the mayor. Also, she basically taking the A's out to the desert and burying them? Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine she has some political clout in that town. Would imagine? As, as just a regular old citizen? Just a skosh. 
<laughs> Everything is nothing but, again, Vegas, it's neon lights. It's telling you, get the bleep out. <laughs> Don't let like, the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Like, this is the most on-brand A's thing ever. And if this if this falls through with Vegas, with the, with the hurdles that Rob Manfred, Major League Baseball, jumped over to make sure that this happened with burning all of the bridges in Oakland, yes. supporting John J. Fisher, if this isn't enough to say we cannot have him as an owner anymore, I don't know what is. There's no, there's no, there's no getting rid of him at this point. I don't know what they will say if this falls through, but it better be sell the damn team. Because now you don't have a place in Oakland, you don't have a place in Vegas, where do they go? Yeah. Red Tail Golf. Red Tail Golf Center, baby. I love the investment in my backyard. Take it. But yeah, this is just another chapter in just violent stupidity. Like, the things you have to do to mismanage an asset that appreciates like a professional sports team in the manner that they have is beyond belief. It's like even just even like the most basic things, even the most simple basic things. The craziest thing is that in all of this ineptitude, they haven't done anything illegal. Like you would think at some point that there's got to be something. <laughs> there's got to be something, something illegal here. I need the other guys. I need the Will Ferrell to find the uh, scaffolding violations. <laughs> like I need them to find something. Can some PI please find something on John J. Fisher? Please. <laughs> They're gonna go the Al Capone route. Bring him down on tax evasion. Rico charges, baby. I don't care what it is. Just get him out. For the love of God. Now well, speaking of getting people out. Clay Thompson has been held out of the closing lineups for the Golden State Warriors, and you're it's seeing sad. the end of a dynasty really unfold in front of you and kind of what that looks like. We'll revisit that, or we'll visit that, and more coming up here in hour number three on Danny and Dusty, Danny the Fan. Super Week is all about fattening foods. Put the good meat out for Dusty. Big screens. Come to my garage and we'll film something, bud. And good sportsmanship. I got a lot of problems with you people. How about you shut up? This is Danny and Dusty on Super Week. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. (laughs) The Fan. Hour number three here on Tuesday on Super Week. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. We love you. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be heavy on football all week long. But I'm gonna manage to sneak some basketball in. Damn it, that's what I'm gonna do. That's a pretty that's a pretty good snort. Is that the one from earlier, or is that the old one? No, that's you. That's that's your snort. Oh, it's my snort. That's your snort. I can't tell ours apart. We all we all come from the same snort tree. <laughs> Oof. I don't have a snort. Oh, there you do. No, I don't. You do. Yeah, don't. I'm not sure he has one in there. I don't oh. have. A, I don't have a snort. Oh, we did have one. I don't snort. <laughs> Ooh. I have that. Mm. Wait, I, wait. That was was that Kadarius Tony? It was from the. I don't know if it was him specifically, but it was somebody very near the microphone. Him, at least. him coughing up the ball. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a that's a nasty one. I have. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, just, the drop board is getting bigger. That's it's very mm, large. It's 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 a very large board. Um, <laughs> that's me. Yes. Yeah. That, I knew that one. I, I, You're I got, over here meat shaming. <sighs> yeah, you, yeah, no. Yeah, you love that one. <laughs> I do. Just for how much it, it gets it makes, it, it makes him just recoil. I, I gotta it. admit, that was a good one for me too. I got, I got I that one it. good. That's uh, that'll, that'll make your skin crawl a little bit. Uh, 
Clay Thompson's skin is currently crawling right now because he is very rarely do we get to watch a athlete's mortality punch said player in the face live. And it's not a fun thing to watch. Typically you see it happens over time where it slowly wears away and everybody just kind of, yeah, no, he's getting older. He's getting long in the tooth. Clay Thompson was arguably one of the five best shooters of all time, played on one of the most dynastic teams of all time, and is one of the most likable guys on a title team you can ever remember. Riding his boat to games and just being Clay. Well, I'll never forget when he was when he was injured and he had his double setback. Right, he mm-hmm. came. Uh, he comes back and the torn Achilles tears his Achilles, and then he gave an update in a press conference, and he was just like that jovial dude. And I'll never forget when he dropped this. You're welcome for me being here today. <laughs> you know, he was just that guy that was always down to have a good time. And Look, he's always seemed that way. Like he's. He's a locker room guy. He's a he's a Washington State guy who you know partakes of 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 some herbs and and, and such. Who is very very chill. He is and, and chill. Clay is a great. He, he's not a villain. We were talking about villains earlier. Kevin Durant was the villain. Draymond Green's the villain. Steph is the superhero. Clay was the vibes guy. And two out of the last three games, the Warriors have closed games without him. And it's because physically the knee injury and the Achilles injury have taken from him. It is what it is. Clay was never a guy that relied on elite burst, but his ability to continually run and wear guys out and stop, pop, open up shop. That's fading very quickly. And he wasn't asked directly about it post game until Draymond Green popped in and said, is this what you're asking about? But he was by a group of reporters from across, it sounded like ESPN, I heard uh, Bon Temps and one other that was there, uh, it sounded like uh, Anthony Slater, uh, all kind of asked him some version of the same question of like, is this your mortality kind of facing you right now? How are you feeling right now? I mean, I know you kind of feel great yeah. physically. Mentally, probably a little different story, but such is life. You know? When you say that, I mean, just is it just the shooting struggles? Shooting, uh, just, yeah, you know, pride myself in yeah. that stuff. So, what are they talking about? You ain't played to finish the game? I got to finish the game, five of the finals. Who the f cares? Well, I haven't asked that yet, but I will now. If you know. Huh? I said, I haven't asked it yet, but I, I oh, keep... you feel like you're about to. Yeah. I answered it for you already. Uh, I mean, you obviously you didn't close tonight. That's obviously going to be a story. I mean, it's all good. Yeah, these guys played great. Gate played great. PP, Jonathan, and Dave. We need troops on. Is this is this an adjustment period for you a little bit? I mean, he's done it a few games, obviously. Yeah. You kidding me? Go yeah. from you know, one of the best players. It's hard for anybody. I'll be honest with you. Is it? Is it? Does it matter, Clay? I mean, obviously you've had so many great games. Does it matter if it's having a game or two in a row where things go well to have things flip think so. the other way? Yeah, absolutely. And is the way the last year went sort of something you can... Definitely gives me confidence to keep going. Last time we talked to you about not Woo! closing, you were really upset. You feel like you... Uh, yeah, I've accepted it. Like, can be mad, but not be mad. I'm happy for these young guys, honestly. And, uh, yeah, we won. And it's hard to get wins in this league. 
what you see from uh, McGee tonight? Oh, it's just his hustle. And his, uh, he played so hard. And, man, I'm happy for you. I mean, incredible. He's in the G to come up here and make an impact like that. Incredible. It's long, and it doesn't even do justice to what if you see the video of Clay very clearly going through it. Draymond Green is the biggest douche in the world. He's just on his own planet. That was the most... Hey, I see that you're struggling with this thing that is crippling you right now. Read the room, make it about me, cannot understand what is going on that I have ever seen. Like, he is is so far and away the most hated guy in the NBA. (laughs) But, like... It, to, to in that moment, just walk in and be like, "I didn't, I didn't finish Game Five of the NBA Finals. Who gives a blank?" Clay Thompson actually gave a thoughtful answer and was actually really good in that. And it was who, open and honest, something yeah. that we do not see from our professional athletes, especially the ones that are, that, as you said right before, and setting it up. We're seeing the end of his career play out in a rapid decline in front of our very eyes in what was one of the greatest shooters that we've seen in the NBA, all of a sudden become a guy who can't be on the floor when you need shots to be made. And that, for Draymond to act the way he did, not surprising one bit, but I applaud Clay Thompson for just being open and honest and just being like, yeah, it sucks, but I am proud of the young guys. The young guys are playing really well as much as it kills me. And that is where it sounds genuine, right? This is why if Draymond Green ever says anything complimentary about somebody else, you sit there and you go, what are your ulterior motives? Because it's not just about them. This has to some way, somehow be about you, you colossal D-bag. Yeah, and that, that's the thing about this. It's it's very interesting. If you take holistically a step back away from dynasties, we, we always remember them fondly. What we don't tend to remember is how they end. And that's not even just in sports. It's talking history. You're talking about the Ottoman empires. You're talking about the Greeks. You're talking about the Romans. You go through history and we romanticize. I started watching uh, on Netflix last night, the new Alexander uh, documentary. Yeah. And it's, it literally starts off by romanticizing the relationships that Alexander had and not talking about the fact that, well, I mean, it gets to it eventually, but it's the fact that it, his story starts with a man assassinating his father, King Philip, who tried to kill Alexander <laughs> when he was 20 years old, leading to his exile. But when we talk about Alexander the Great, we talk about Alexandria and you know the, the spreading of, of his empire across the known world, so to speak, back then, and not how things ended, getting too big and, and falling at the end. The bulls... The, the Last Dance documented some of it and obviously highlighted how great Michael Jordan was and how terrible Jerry Krause was. But it doesn't also mention that the Bulls have been in shambles since then. That really the only sustained greatness we've seen has been the Spurs who have gone through multiple iterations of it. And, well, they did dump on Scottie Pippen and fail to mention that they were pretty damn good with Scottie Pippen the year after. Yes. <laughs> but again, like we, we don't talk about like the end of dynasties and this For is sure. this is how they go. This is how they, they go. They never dynasties never they they never unwind. They crash. Even the Spurs now, they're one of the worst teams in basketball and have been for four years. 
They have not been good. And that was after being great for 15 years. You're Patriots. They are a very bad team right now. Very bad. But we still romanticize what was, what, an 18-year run? 20. 20-year run. And this is what you're seeing, but what we never really see is this expedited part of it because of Clay's injuries. And because he's being open and honest about it, it, it does make it hurt. It does make it a little bit more visceral. And I think it's a, it's a, I don't want to say the feel sorry for millionaires thing, but it's also a reminder that, look, even though these guys make hundreds of millions of dollars, they are still human. And I think one thing that makes this exacerbated a little bit more is that, you know, Brady and Belichick split after going 12 and four. Yeah. You know, the Bulls split after winning a championship and it was the last dance for all of them. And it was just like, it's run its course. We're going to split. This is it. This is over. What we're seeing with the Warriors is, is it hasn't split. They are still all together. Mm-hmm. Every main piece is there, but it just isn't working anymore like it did. And I think that makes it a little bit worse. Like when Duncan and Ginobili and Parker all leave the Spurs, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Kawhi gets traded to Toronto. You know, exactly. Like you, there's, there's clear lines of demarcation. This is, this is the Roman Empire faulting. Like, that's what this is. This is the slow burn, and we aren't typically treated to this being sped up with, as it pertains to a guy like Clay who's being kept off the floor by a G League guy. Life comes at you fast. And that's It's just kind of an interesting dynamic to kind of watch unfold. Speaking of interesting dynamics, we talked a little bit about Travis Kelsey and how good he has been as a receiving tight end. Uh, we're going to dive a little bit into the numbers and just kind of the legacy he's chasing or <laughs> attempting to chase uh, that may be absolutely, well, not maybe, that is absolutely impossible to replicate. Coming up here on Danny and Dusty today in the fan. American Girls and American guys, we'll always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize. It's a super week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at warrenallen.com. So On 1080 The Fan. When we laid down our at the risk of getting in trouble. I'm going to tell you what I just told Dusty right off air. Do you know how many bombs I've seen drop to this song? Uh, I'm going to go with probably at least one more than I have. <laughs> so many. I have, That's a very safe assumption there, Jeff. So many. The official count is so many more than you have, <laughs> not just one. So, so many. Hundreds? Thousands, maybe? Yeah. It yeah. is... Um, War had a soundtrack. It, no, you're not. I mean, it's like it's like Hendrix of Vietnam. Like, every every Vietnam movie, he's got to throw some Hendrix in there. Iraq, Afghanistan, wars. The 03 to 05... You cannot see something and not hear this song <laughs> and have something blowing, being blown up by some JDAM Tomahawk guided bomb unit, AC-130, F-15, F-16, B-2, B-1. I mean, amazing. It, the amount of things that have been blown up. I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Nothing has been blown up more to a song than this song. Ooh. Lee Greenwood would have a have a, like to have a discussion on Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah, but those don't mean this. Oh, you're talking you actually blow it up, like actually yeah. blown up, like blown up, blown up, not blown up, but blown up. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's that's the song that I so, like that 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 was that was a very that that core memory unlocked when that song started playing. I was like, whoa, I remember that being played a lot. 
This this was legitimately the first Toby Keith song I ever heard. <laughs> you were cheated. I'd say it's definitely of, the one that stuck with you the most. Of, oh yeah, of the good Toby Keith songs, <laughs> you were cheated. See, it's that part. It's the the, the booting yeah. the booting your ass at the American. Oh one. no way! Yeah, all, all, all you guys got jacked up over that, huh? I wonder no who was jacked up over that because I I've never been a country guy, but I remember this song being put to everything. Mm. This is like right when you could start burning DVDs. So people started like making their own quote unquote war mixes and oh, you started seeing those boy. pop up all over the internet. <laughs> yeah, that was a real thing. The look of Russ. If you were looking right for now. it. Hey, look, man. I I'm not out there making them. <laughs> I'm just waiting for one of those professional radio segues. <laughs> out of out of this? <laughs> not happening. Into almost anything else. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you can talk about how uh, Travis Kelsey's absolutely blowing up as a receiver. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you like that professional segue? Uh, Travis Kelsey already set the uh, playoff uh, career record for receptions, which is insane to think about. That that's one of those one of those lines where you go. That felt like a Ted Williams hit streak. Kind of thing like that's never getting touched. Cal Ripken game games played streak, the uh, uh, Stockton assist record. One that's probably not gonna fall is Jerry Rice's most career touchdowns in a super or career touchdown receptions in a Super Bowl. Yeah, his, his Jerry Rice's numbers in the Super Bowl have been absolutely incredible because you think of it, he went four for four in Super Bowls, mm -hmm. but the fact that in those four games, he was averaging 150 yards a game and two touchdowns <laughs> per Super Bowl. That's that's such an insane thing in, in an era where the ball wasn't being aired out 40 times a game. No. And everybody's goal was to stop, stop Jerry, Jerry Rice. Rice. And you just could not do it. That is the great, like when we talk about the greatness of Jerry Rice, that that's it right there. Mm -hmm. Because of his... You know, 150, what was it, 151 touched or receptions in the playoffs. 33 of them came in Super Bowls. 33 catches in a Super Bowl, which is just mind boggling because, like, Gronk, who was Brady's go to, he still in more Super Bowls had five or four fewer receptions. He yep. had 29, 29 receptions in, in five Super Bowl games. That is unfathomable to and think about. What, 160 less yards? 100, no, 140 less yards. In the touchdowns that Jerry Rice had, my goodness. Eight. Eight touchdowns. Travis Kelsey's played in three Super Bowls, has two. It is really hard to score touchdowns. That's why I love... It doesn't matter what level you are. It, it's hard to score touchdowns. Celebrate a touchdown when you score a touchdown. You know? You oh, God, yes. You don't have to, to... In high school, you don't have to spike the ball, but celebrate a touchdown because... It's a hard thing to do, and, and to do it in a Super Bowl eight friggin' times is mind-boggling. Whatever the fine is for doing it, take it. Yeah, absolutely. Take, take it. Take it all, but as Travis Kelsey, you, you look at what this Super Bowl may mean to him, if he just averages what he has in his Super Bowl games uh, in the past, well, hell, just two catches, and he will pass uh, Danny Amendola in yards, because Danny Amendola played in three Super Bowls, had 278 uh, total yards. He'll pass John Stallworth, 
uh, who had 268. He's only nine yards behind John Stallworth. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, he will only be behind Jerry Rice, Rob Gronkowski, and Lynn Swan. And if he in Super Bowl yards, if he hits his average, which is 86 yards, he will be right there with Lynn Swan. That is crazy to think about. Like when you say he's the best receiving tight end, yes, because he is going to be passing, or he already did pass Michael Irvin. He's passed some of the great names in in football with guys who have played in multiple Super Bowls. He has produced on the biggest stage too, and that's one of the things that is really fun to watch about you know, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and how they operate is that oftentimes Kelsey doesn't even have like a defined route. It is get to an area and however you get to that area, just go and do it, man. And that is one really unique for anybody, but especially unique for a tight end to have that leeway and that, that ability for creativity. And the fact that he and Mahomes are always on the same page, it's like, Hey, you know where I'll be. It's just how long is it going to take for me to get there? And how many times have we seen that? The seven-second scramble. Mm-hmm. If you watched how Kelsey moved, he didn't really move all that far from a bubble yeah. that he was supposed to be just in. Just working in that area. It was just find that spot, like in basketball, right? You, find you know, a soft spot in the zone. And then just sit in it. Mm-hmm. And you may have to go back out beyond the arc and come back in, but you would but just find that, that soft spot. Mm-hmm. And that is what he does better than anybody else. And it's a natural feel and rapport that he has with Mahomes that has been developed over seven years. And you cannot have one without the other. And there's three arms to it. It's Andy Reid's offense, Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, and Travis Kelsey at tight Three end. arms would make for a pretty wicked wide receiver. Yeah, it would. Well, I'm, I think he has three arms or legs. Um, but Travis Kelsey could be in that rarefied air when you think of if he gets another touchdown – then he he jumps up to third all time in in touchdown catches in the super in Super Bowl history. These Super Bowl records, because you, obviously you get a little bit more conservative play. It's interesting when we kind of go down the list of guys that is and, and, and their productivity. There just hasn't been a ton of hundred yard wide receivers. Well, it's really hard to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, is one thing, and it's, you're playing against really good teams. And we're gonna see him start checking off more and more boxes. And look. There's a lot of smoke about Andy Reid potentially hanging it, hanging it up after this year. And that would be really interesting to see what happens with Kansas City because he is a he's a bigger part than what people want to acknowledge because of the greatness of, you know, Tom Brady going down to Tampa and just winning one on his own. That's a big third arm to lose. You can still be really good, but we're seeing the the Chiefs have not been invincible. In the oh, Super sure. Bowls, remember you know the the one that they lost to Tom Brady, they got dominated in that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was there not, w- not great, Bob. No, uh, no doubt, like who the better team was mm-hmm. that year. But if they can go back to back, and you you can check that off Andy Reid's list, he's already a Hall of Fame coach. What more does Andy Reid have to prove? No, nothing. At it, sixty-five, it's years for old. love of the game stuff. That's 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 all it is at this point. Yep. I mean, even before, honestly, before this season, it was. I think it's I feel like it's all gravy at this point. And if he passes, if he passes Gronk, if he if he has 120 yards in this game, mm-hmm. he passes Rob Gronkowski. I mean, you are looking at. Are I think you already are looking at when you think of the best receiving tight ends. You have Gronk. You have Antonio Gates. You have Tony Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. You are 
Travis Kelsey is going to be in that conversation yes. of one of the best tight. He already is in, in for one of the best tight ends ever, but the best receiving tight ends yes. ever. And like Gronk and Kittle, in my opinion, are the two best pure tight ends sure. because of what they were able to do at the line of Everywhere. scrimmage. They because they were an extension of the offensive line mm -hmm. and. Kelsey's not that, and no. I, we had a texture. Who's like, ah, he's not asked to do that. He he can't. They're, they're, That's they're, why he's they're not. not they're not do asking it. to do that because they if they could. They would. <laughs> they they absolutely would. I mean, use Kelsey him. on his own podcast was mentioning this a couple weeks ago of how he went up against um uh Lamar was it Lamar Houston, I think is who it was the the pass rusher Justin uh, Houston. Oh, Justin Houston. I'm sorry. And in practice, and he goes. Yeah, uh, he always used to tell me, hey, Kelsey, you need to get a few more cheeseburgers in you. Because he goes, because once every practice when I would go up against him, he would run me over. And it was, he goes, that's when I knew I wasn't that kind of tight end. But, and this is the and other thing, fine. too, is that like people are, see that as a slide on Travis Kelsey. No. No, it just adds to what Gronk's greatness was. He's really, really damn yes. good. And there, there shouldn't be something that's like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, third, fourth best tight end ever. 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 Which means he is the top 0.5% of the top 1% football mm -hmm. players that have ever played the game. It's not a slight. <laughs> That's not, not a slight. slight. It's not a slight. The fact that he couldn't block like Trent Williams as a tight end like Gronk could is not a slight because that's what made that dude so special. And you know what? One thing that Travis Kelsey does have is the dude is always available too. Which Gronk wasn't. Because he put his because he damn, <laughs> put his damn body in front of everything. Gronk smash. Yeah. All right, coming up next. Uh, did we did we find did we find cable again? We'll get to that more. But first, here's Big Gun Sports Center update. I hear they got some tasty burgers. <laughs> It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Never heard of any bombs being dropped in this song. The wacky tobacco? No, it's the bombs getting dropped. Yeah, there you go. He says, now, Rust, how many have you heard? <laughs> None. A little, little percolating. A little percolating. Uh, something's percolating in the background of the sports world. That is for sure. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, I've talked to a lot of uh, front office business folks across the sports landscape, uh, trying to get a feel for where the media world is going. One, selfishly, because we work in it. Uh, two, just kind of get an understanding of kind of where things are headed as Amazon has poked around getting involved with sports. Apple has poked around getting more involved with sports. But now we have news coming out for front office sports. Larry Scott was right. Hmm. That? Larry, Larry Scott in 2011, when the Pac-12 network formed, mm. he said that digital is the is the future of the sports landscape. It was just over a decade too soon. Too and soon. Screwed the conference. Yeah, over. it was. Uh, so doing... George Klyovkov too with the Apple, uh, with the with the Apple TV. Yes, and it's kind of coming back from it. it... Long story short, let's let's go, let's go with the breaking news. Front of uh, front office sports has uh, got an article out there uh, noting that a conglomerate group between Fox, ESPN, and Warner Brothers, previously three entities that went violently against each other for the last decade trying to race for the the streaming world 
remember ESPN branched off, Fox branched off, Warner Brothers branched off, Warner Brothers, TNT, uh, that entity, and all chased their own independent properties within the streaming world and within the digital world itself. They're now coming together in what I can only imagine is a response to a bigger entity, a.k.a. Amazon, aiming to get into the sports world because the money that comes in for advertising dollars is so overwhelmingly driven by sports that in an industry that has tried to streamline itself, it's basically strip-mined itself, as we have seen with multiple uh, entities like Sports Illustrated going the way of the Dodo, being bought out and strip-mined for parts. It's coming full circle in that we're getting some version of, number one, cable back. RSNs are very likely to come back to life with the backings of Amazon and or Apple or this conglomerate group, as well as the digital holdings coming together to offer a package that is more palatable to subscription-based uh, services as opposed to singular services, the a la carte meals. So what we're going to have is basically they're going to bundle all of their sports together and they're going to make them available via Disney+, Plus, Hulu, mm-hmm. and Max. So you can add those to any of the those subscriptions you can buy this as a standalone but if only if all you want is sports you can get that is sports. going to be in one big package that you can buy whoa um hmm. and i i like this but at the same time it's what we've already had which is cable and mm-hmm. it's gonna be like our cable prices are so high because of the price of espn for the price of your premium sports channels they are through the roof if you look at what your cable bill actually is you buy a lot of channels that you don't use and you don't want to use so this is kind of the middle ground of what cable used to be Mm -hmm. but also from a la carte to what we have right now which is you buy everything in a big clump and you say i don't want most of this stuff i don't know how effective this is going to be but if it is cheaper for me to go down the road of having you know my hulu because i like all three of those i have disney plus hulu and max if i can just get rid of cable altogether that's going to be the road i go down if it's cheaper than what we have right Mm -hmm. now the hardest part right now though is that they're not fixing this problem internet is now costing way more than what it used to be and so there is no good deal to be had on any of these things anymore. No, you used to be able to threaten to switch services or go somewhere else and drive. Now they just kind of look at you and go, good luck. Yeah, Have fun. Betcha. And the availability of internet, even like here in Portland, mm-hmm. where you sit there and you're like, let's see what internet costs for somewhere else. And you're like, well, you can only get one yes. in your area. You're it's not. This isn't available to you. You're like, oh, cool, sweet. It definitely reeks of the, uh, the the same way we handle our trash, the uh, waste management of the world where you're like, you have one service, of which I got billed for an initial $4 on a pickup this week, and I'm still irritated about it. Uh, you got that that, gar- that uh, garbage can was overflowing, mm-hmm. man. I love this, and this was really unique, and I don't know how many other places do this, but back when I was in college, the city of Ashland has what they call Ashland FiberNet. It's internet run by the city. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it free? No, oh, okay. you you had to pay for it, but it was a hell of a lot cheaper than the other options. The alternatives? That, man, 
it was the city that like a that like had, a city utility. Yeah, it was it was it was a city utility when huh. you paid your your Electric internet bill at the city office. Huh. And that was like you didn't have to go and you know price shop all of the other ones because it was the cheapest. It was run by the city, and it was really good at the time. I don't know what it is now. I don't even know if they still have it now. But that the internet aspect of all of this to stream all of those at a high quality and make sure you don't have drops, especially for sports, mm. is key. Yes. And so is that going to be something that is viable that makes this cost effective for people to get off of cable where you can bundle, like with the Xfinity, you bundle your cable and your your internet. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Uh, this summer is going to be a, uh, a big precursor as the NBA is going to be uh, heading towards their new TV deal. So it's going to be the first test case as we kind of get some more discussions coming out of that uh, going into their next TV deal. All right, coming up next year on Danny Dusty, we'll put a nice little bow on today's show and get ready to hand you off to Isaac and Sue here on Danny Dusty, 1080 The Fan. It's a Super Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Happy 58th birthday to one Richard Paul Astley. Born on this date in 1966. I uh, figured we'd end the show on a bit of a high note since we started it with a downer in the death of Toby Keith. Mm. But uh, you bitches just got Rickrolled. Mm. Oh, man. Rick Astley. Would have thought he was older. No, that's one on. I would have definitely thought he was older. When did this song come out? Uh, I believe it was 1987. Really? See, I would have, I would have thought that came out earlier. I would have thought like uh, they said he recorded this so album. It was New Year's Day, I believe, of '87, huh. and it was released like in August. Wow. So, if you go back and how long? How many years ago was that's a tough one for me. 1987. Yeah, 35 well, years ago. 36. 36 years ago. Yeah. So, geez, 22 when he, when he released that song? 21, 22? That's a bit of a... Not bad, not bad. Bit of a banger of that age, right? It's a yeah, good career. Absolutely. All right, happy birthday, Rick Astley. Right. R.I.P. To have a song come back full like that, like that too, it's got to be absolutely. nice on the old royalties. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, a little bit of the resurgence too. Like he comes out, he's playing with Foo Fighters at you know stadium shows. Yeah, and... he. I saw him with somebody else playing a song too. That was kind of blew me away. I was like, that's kind of cool. See, I wonder how much money he made off of that song. Uh, and like don't... Tracy Chapman, how much money does she make off a of fast car before Luke Combs? Because oh, yeah. now she's raking in the dough because Luke Combs is cool ass dude and mm-hmm. splitting the royalties with her, which is awesome. Which nice, yeah. Uh, and I think it's a bigger share than. He's even required to. Mm. Pretty damn good. Not too shabby. All Turns right. out owning your own music is good. <laughs> really good. Mm. Really good. All right, that'll do it for us on this Tuesday. Uh, party with us tomorrow as we continue Super Bowl 58 preparations right here. Indeed. On Danny and Dusty. Up not next, you got uh, four hours of power from their mouths to your ears. It's primetime with Isaac and Souk. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. See you Wednesday from noon to three. Mm, bye.
I could have a Kanye West song come and sit on my face right now, and I couldn't tell you it was Kanye West. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.